Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books. I'm your host, Bernadette Walsh. And before I introduce my guest, I just want to give you guys a little bit of an update. I have a couple of giveaways going on. I have a Spring into Spring Goodreads giveaway for May 1st. I'm going to be giving away books, autographed copies of my books, and some Amazon gift cards. So information about the giveaway is on all my social media, also on my website, and of course on the Goodreads site. So again, spring into spring, the May 1st is the giveaway, so um, please check that out. In addition, I'm going to be giving away free copies of my women's fiction title, Johnny Be Good. So if you just go to my website, all the information is there about how to download, download that free copy. And again, my website is BernadetteWalsh.com. So I'm so pleased today to introduce my guest, Alessandra Torre. Alessandra is from Key West, Florida. And she is a New York Times, USA Today, and Wall Street Journal best-selling author of 23 romance novels. Alessandra writes primarily romance, but her recent release, The Ghost Writer, was a thriller. Alessandra is also the founder of Inker's Con, an annual author's conference. So, Alessandra, thank you so much for joining. How are you today? I'm fantastic. Thank you for having me on. Oh, no, I am absolutely thrilled to have you. Um, I just got back, actually, from Florida. I had spring break, and I spent a lot of my spring break going through some of your videos. Somebody sent me a link on one of your videos um, about how you teach authors how to use Goodreads and all kinds of other things. So we'll be getting into that at some point. Um, So I kind of feel like I know you already. But um, first I want to talk about your writing journey. Now, how did you start get started writing, and, and why did you select romance? So I started writing in 2012, um, which was kind of, it was the early days of self-publishing. So I was um, always a reader. I had never thought about writing. I had never taken classes in it other than just basic um, literature classes in college. But um, in the and in high school, whenever we had had writing assignments, I had loved it, but I had never been encouraged, like gotten great grades in writing or anything else. So I was always a reader, and I just loved to read. I did not read romance. I read everything but romance, um, and I really was kind of a snob about romance. I, you know, uh, I turned my nose up at it. And um, but then I was 28, and um, I was in between jobs, and I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And my mom started to write a book with a, a colleague of hers, a fiction book. And she was telling me about self-publishing, and that's how they were going to publish it. And it was just something I didn't know anything about, and that wasn't something I was unaware of. And this idea that my mom could write a book and then publish it herself and not have to get an agent and a publisher, it really just kind of struck me as just a really cool opportunity, you know. And I had a summer ahead of me. I was trying to figure out, you know, what I wanted to do. And I thought, okay, well, I'll I'll try writing a book and see how it goes. And at the time, Fifty Shades of Grey was just going crazy. 
And um, I sat down intending or assuming that I would write a thriller because that's what I always read. But instead, like this love story comes out. Um, and uh, that was my first book, Blindfolded Innocence. Um, and it came out and was super sexy. Um, and so I thought, well, I, can, I cannot tell anyone about this book. You know, this, you know, I have to keep the secret. So I told my husband, my husband knew I was writing it. But no one else knew. Um, and so I picked a pen name. Alessandra is a pen name. I picked a pen name, and I read through it once or twice. It sounded pretty good, and I published it. And that was um, – and then I just kind of sat back to see what would happen. And it took a while. It was slow. Um, but two, two and a half months in, that book just went crazy and is what really launched my career. Um, and it, I was getting calls from editors and calls from publishers and um, got an agent, and we went um, to auction with publishers, and I got a book deal. And suddenly it was like, oh, like, okay, I guess this is my new job. Um, <laughs> and now I'm under contract for a second book, which is also going to be a romance novel. So I guess I'm going to write romance novels. Um, and so I had I had suddenly an audience, and – um, that wanted a, more romance novels. And so that really um, kicked things off. And now it's eight, nine years later, um, and majority of my backlist is romance. I've written four or five, actually, I guess I've written five suspense novels. Um, but romance is, is really where my foundation is built. Well, there's so many things in your story that I'm reacting to, so I'll just go through a couple of them. <laughs> I think, um, you know, I think the fact that you um, were always a reader, I think that is, you know, of utmost importance to anyone who even mm-hmm. wants to think about writing. You don't need to take a lot of writing. I mean, yes, you need to take a lot of writing courses, but I think you have to, at, at heart, be a reader and have to love books yeah. and have to love falling into those fictional worlds. I also am reacting to the fact that no one ever encouraged you because I just don't think people, you know, teachers and and in college even, Mm -hmm. no one thinks of writing as a career, right? They think of that you should encourage people to do. You should go into an office and, you know, spend 40 years there (laughs) and make, you know, take take the safe path, right? And so that's where everyone's encouraged. And so few people are actually encouraged to say, wow, you know, you're a good writer, you should think about writing as a career. So I'm I'm kind of reacting to that because my daughter's in high school and I love the way she writes. She just has a natural flair. And I was like, have you ever thought about being a writer? She's like, oh, no, 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 no. And no one's ever encouraged her. So I think the the teachers, I think the teachers listening, encourage your students. Um, And I think what's also interesting about your – oh, go ahead. Just two, two quick reactions. One, I totally agree with you. Reading is the best training anyone can have for writing. Um, it's great to also take classes and it's great to also, you know, um, get instruction and have great editors. But if you, if you read, especially in the genre that you're going to write in, that's, that really helps um, for you to understand how a, how a story is told and how you like a story to be told. Um, but it's talking on not getting encouragement. I was at a party pre-COVID and I was and so, uh, now we're very open, you know, that I, what I do, but there's still people, if you meet somebody, you don't, they don't know what you do or whatever. And I was talking to someone and she just started talking about how her, I was asking questions about her daughter who's in high school. And she goes, well, she wants to be a writer. She goes, but 
And then she lowered her voice. She's like, but you know, there's no money in that. <laughs> and so she's like, so I'm hoping she does whatever. And we said whatever. And I chit-chatted with her. And then like five minutes later, she's like, so what do you do? And I was like, oh, I actually write books. And she was like, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> but it was, it's that same mentality. Like, yeah, like, oh, that's not like a real job, um, you know. But it's a, it's so. a look, I, and I'll be honest, you know, I would be hesitant to tell my daughter to only be a writer, right? Because it's like telling someone, you know, any kind of art form. It's just a small percentage of people who are actually going to make it where lightning is going to strike. And, you know, and there's a lot of great authors there that never, you know, it it just doesn't get going for whatever reason they don't find the audience or they don't get that break. So, I mean, your story sounds like a Cinderella story. It's just so inspiring. But I could see how people are, you know, are hesitant to to say, mm-hmm. okay, be a writer. And that, that's why I think so many writers are, you know, it, writing is almost a second career. They do the safe thing first. I'm part of the Long Island <laughs> Romance Writers, part of RWA. And when I first joined, and again, it was about 12 years ago at this point, um, I was shocked that there were so many lawyers in the group because I'm a lawyer. That's my day job. And, yeah, um, and I a meet of, a lot of lawyers. Yeah, because we're all frustrated, you know, liberal arts majors who really probably <laughs> wanted to become writers, but our parents were like, you have to pay back your student loans. So we went to law school, you know. Um, so there's a lot of frustrated lawyers. I, I'm always really um, surprised by that. And I've interviewed a few on my show as well. But, um, but I mean, I think your, your story is just fascinating um, in the sense that, you know, you went out there, you tried self-publishing. And again, self-publishing is a sea of, of, you know, good books and not so good books and yours yeah. caught fire. So I think that's amazing. Now, maybe you could tell us a little bit first about your romance um, writing, you know, what, what subgenre are you in? And, you know, what would you say about your heroines and your heroes? Are there any similarities um, or, you know, do you kind of run the gamut? I guess you've done so many books, you probably have run the gamut a little yeah. bit. But maybe you can just tell us a little bit about that. Sure. So um, my subgenre, well, I've been very inconsistent as an author. And when I teach classes, I always say, don't do what I did because I jumped (laughs) genres like crazy because I just wrote whatever I wanted to write, which is great for me and my creative, you know, impulses, but it's not great for building a brand and building a, you know, and giving your readers consistency. Um, So now when one of my readers picks up an Alessandro Tori book, they don't necessarily have, um, an, an expectation, and that and that is my fault. Um, but majority of my books are erotic romance, um, and the consistent characteristics I would say um, are strong heroines. Um, I I try to always write strong heroines, strong confident heroines, and um, and I try to be as unpredictable as I can. Um, and that's because one of the reasons why I was such a snob with romance novels for so long as a reader was because I thought they were so predictable. Um, and I really formed that opinion without ever reading a romance novel. It was not an educated opinion. But I never want when someone opens the book to read the first chapter or two and say, oh, okay, I know what's going to happen. Um, I'd like to keep them on their toes as much as I can. So that's, that's what I aim for. Um, and again, most of my books are erotic romance, especially my big books, my really successful books. 
Um, but I also have a romantic comedy in there and and um, a dark romance and um, a sports romance. So I've, I've, kind of, I've wandered around into a lot of different subgenres. Right, which is, again, what people tell you absolutely not to do. But so many yeah. guests on my show have said that that is what they're doing. And I, you've also seen a lot of crossover into women's fiction. A lot of the big, you know, yeah. romance writers like Chris Nagan, who's been on my show, um, she's moved over to, to women's fiction as well. And there's such, you know, you're kind of called to, to write what you want to write. And I've done exactly the same thing. I started off uh, with a rom-con. Um, Gold Coast Wives mm-hmm. is my rom-com that I started with. And I thought that's where I was going to go because I read a lot of that chick litty kind of books. That's what I liked. But I actually found my voice in writing other things, darker things. Never in a million years would have thought that's where I would have landed. So I've done, you know, a lot of women's fiction. I've also done paranormal romance. Like, how do they go together? But I think, <laughs> you know, you have to write what you're called to write. And, you know, and I think there is always a theme. Like, you're always in your books, right? Your voice is always in your mm-hmm. books. Yeah. So if someone likes your voice, you know, hopefully they'll follow you. And I think that's what a lot of people in the industry are seeing, you know, that that they have to just continue. And, it, and I'm thinking of, I just read, because um, this weekend uh, or this week when I was on spring break in Florida enjoying the sun, I was also doing a lot of reading of, like, industry-type reading. And I noticed that not I had watched a couple of your videos on um, training, and then I read Jennifer Probst. Um, I always mispronounce her name, yeah. but her she just wrote a book, uh, Write True. And guess who was mentioned in that book? You. <laughs> Me. <laughs> yeah, you were mentioned. Have you read her book? You were mentioned in her yeah, book. Yeah, I, I think it was you. Oh, you knew you were knew you were. So, um, so I was trying, but. You know, even, you know, she has moved around a couple of genres as well. You know, she just had a new release for women's fiction. So, you know, I think I think other people are doing it as well. But there are, definitely are some challenges in terms of, you know, building, like you said, giving readers that expectation of when they pick up one of your books, where it's going to go. Now, have you gotten any pressure from your publishers to kind of pick a genre and stick with it? So I, so my first book I sold traditionally but then, um, and to date, out of my out of my catalog, um, I have I, I have three publishers, and and, I, and then I've self-published at least twenty books. Um, and my greatest success has been with self-publishing. Um, every time I've hit the New York Times list, it's been with a self-published book. So my and um, that might change with my most recent the. Uh, I had a book that just recently released under a different pen name, A.R. Tory, which is what I've been doing my like psychological suspense under. That's with an Amazon imprint. So I'll be curious to see how how that goes for me. But um, my public, the only pressure I had from my publishers was my second book deal, which was with Hachette. They wanted to put it under a different pen name, and that's where A.R. A.R. Tory came from. Is they wanted to kind of separate. Um, that book, which was actually an erotic suspense from my erotic romance. Um, so they had it put under a different pen name. And then I really didn't have any more interactions with publishers until my most recent deal with Thomas and Mercer. And they all and they wanted me to have a third pen name. And I said, no, 
I can't, I can't have three identities. I already have three identities. I can't have four identities. Um, and so I said, if you want me to use a different pen name, then we need to use A.R. Tory. Um, so even though those books don't have any sex um, and very little romance, if any romance, um, it, that is under A.R. Tory. So that's the only, um, you know, pres- publisher pressures or publisher decisions that have come into play. Now, what was the difference for you? What was the experience for you writing thrillers versus romance? And I know you said earlier that thrillers was actually one of the genres you read more than romance. So was it almost like going home or was it, you know, was it a totally different feel? Like what, what, and again, what drew, what drew you to writing thrillers? Yeah, it is like going home. I was, um, because it was something I knew well. It's also like suddenly it felt like I was I was almost giddy with the freedom I had because in thrillers I can I can kill off my main character, I can my you know turn my main character into the villain. Um, my main character can be a villain. I mean it's like I'm not. I it's like I have no rules. I mean there are there are genre expectations, but it's. I have so much freedom, you know, um, and so my original goal, which is like surprising the reader or keeping the reader turning the pages and not sure what to expect by the end of the book is so much easier in that genre. Um, so, so that, that was great. Um, and it is, it's a, it's a world just, I'm just much more comfortable in. Now I say that and now I'm very comfortable in romance because I've written 20 books in there, but, um, it was, it felt, I've been wanting to move in this direction for a long time. I just needed to get in a financial position where I could write freely in that genre without caring if the book was successful. And that was The Ghost mm-hmm. Writer was my passion project. It was like, I want to tell this story and I don't care if it sells five copies. Like, this is the book and this is the way I want it. And my agent was like, do we have to have it in this way? Because it's you know, really sad, you know, and I'm not sure your audience is going to like it. And, and I was able to be like, I don't care. Like, this is, this is the story in this way. And it has ended up being one of my most popular books. And my romance readers have followed me over to it. Um, But, but I knew I was taking a risk. And it was a risk I was perfectly okay with taking because I wanted to tell that story. Right. And I think people don't give readers enough credit, right? Like people, mm-hmm. don't, I, I mean, yes, there are diehard romance readers, but a lot of people read across genres, right? So, yeah. and they can accept the fact, you know, that, you know, the rules are a little different. And if it's done well, you know, I, I don't know. I, I just, I think I'm not a big, big uh, fan of all the, the rules. And so, you know, um, so I'm glad to hear that this was successful and, and you broke a rule and, and you followed your passion, which is, is what you really need to do. Um, so maybe we can pivot a little bit into your, um, other side of your career, which is some of the training that you do, um, with, I guess, um, the, the Inker's Con and some of your other work. Mm -hmm. So maybe you can talk a little bit about that and, and what, you know, what made you want to go in that direction as well? Yeah. So, um, I want to say three years ago. Well, when I started in 2012, I was really completely lost. I didn't know anything about self-publishing. I didn't know anything about marketing, and I didn't know anything about writing. So I was just winging it. Um, And back then, 
there wasn't the author community that there is now on Facebook. There were author communities, but I wasn't aware of them or how to find them. Um, there wasn't the wealth of knowledge that there is on self-publishing and on ebook marketing. And it was just such a new area. No one, I mean, this was before Facebook ads, you know, and Amazon ads. And I mean, there was, there just wasn't, um, with my first book, I hired a local PR company and we put out a press release. Like I was just pouring money into just all the wrong places because I just didn't know what to do. And that was on the marketing side. On the writing side, I was also really kind of wandering blind. And what I wanted back then was I needed like a writing for dummies, you know, or a marketing mm-hmm. and publishing for dummies. And so, and I bought books on craft and they just overwhelmed me. Like they were, um, they just were very highbrow and I didn't know what they were talking about when they were talking about story arcs and black moments and, you know, things like that. Like I just didn't, and it caused me to put them down and I just said, I'll just try to write this story best I can. But it was always like, if I ever figure this out, like, then I want to provide information for others. Um, And it took five years for me to really feel like I had figured things out where I wasn't just like wandering blind until I hit a wall and then I would turn and I was just wandering the next direction until I hit a wall and I would turn. And that was really how I moved through kind of my first five years. Um, And I found success, but I also made so many mistakes, you know, um, along the way. And I lost money on, on so many mistakes. But once I got where I felt like I could, I could do something, that's when I created my courses. So I created a marketing, a writing, and a publishing course. Um, and then and I put everything I knew there. And the other half of that came from someone would email you a question, and I'd spend like 45 minutes writing an answer. But, and it would just go to that one person, right? And like no one else would ever see it. So it was like, and I can't really answer in 45 minutes really what they want to know, which is how can I make my new book successful, right? It needs like five hours of explanation with a PowerPoint and videos and, you know, um, screen shares and and explanations. So that was really the other reason why I created my courses. Um, And I put everything I knew into those, but then it was like, well, this is everything I know, but what, what about everything everyone else knows? Um, so originally I looked at like, oh, should I bring in other instructors on my courses? Um, and then it really the best way to do that was a conference. Um, so we launched, we, me and my sister launched InkersCon in 2019 in Dallas. And so we're in our third year now. Um, we're prepping for the 2021 conference. And that has been just a fantastic experience. Um, I basically, it's, I'm very greedy with it. I bring in everybody that I want to learn from, um, and, and we fashion a curriculum that is very um, focused on just everything that I don't know, um, but also what the audience says that, that they're, and they speak pretty loudly. Our attendees are really great about communicating what they want to hear each year. Um, so we do an annual conference, which is available online or in person, not in person this year, but, and then we do um right the digital version. Right. And how would you compare your events to some of the other writer events, um, such as the RWA conference and and some of the other genre uh, driven conferences? Are you for romance writers? Are you for all writers? And, and how do you, how do you, how would you differentiate yourself? Like why should, sure. Yeah. Where do we fall? 
Yeah, so um, we're all fiction genres. Um, we do have nonfiction attendees, but we are not built for nonfiction. We're, we're really built for fiction. Um, so we're fiction. We are all genres. I will say majority of our attendees are romance readers just because my audience of authors is a lot of romance readers. Um, we are multi-genre, and I try to bring in speakers from all different genres. Um, we are very business-minded. Um, so a lot mm -hmm. of our classes are in um, business plans and accounting um, and the business side of things as much. We have four aspects, advertising, business, craft, and um, marketing. So, And we try to be pretty even in our distribution across those four areas. Um, I grew up, I grew up, <laughs> I, I used to be a big fan of RT, and I attended a lot of RTs, and I actually looked, was hoping to purchase RT before they closed their doors, but couldn't, but um, we are not, uh, we don't party, like all the parties and publishers, we don't have any sort of publisher presence, we do have all of the major retailers at the conference, typically. Um, but we don't we don't do other than um, a few networking events for attendees in the evening. We don't have any of the um, publisher parties or costume parties or that sort of thing um, at mm -hmm. the conference. And we're very international in our audience. Every the goal is if you can attend online is to be able to participate in as much of the events as possible from home. Um, so our our digital conference is highly interactive and I think it's the best digital conference that exists even before COVID, you know, cause we were ahead of everyone else in terms of that. Well, that's, um, that sounds great. Well, I mean, if it's anything like the Goodreads, um, cause I, I think you, I, somebody had sent me your link um, for the Goodreads mm -hmm. and I've been on Goodreads for probably 10 years and I, you know, like a lot of people just gave up, right. It's just too hard. You know, <laughs> why am I here? I know. And, you know, <laughs> And, and the fact that you did this step-by-step -step of how to, like, upload a, um, a like, a uh, not a video, like a picture um, mm -hmm. was amazing. And I wrote it all out, and it's in my house in Florida. <laughs> so I'm going to have to watch your video again <laughs> and so I can use it again. Because I, I came home, I was like, oh, damn. Wait, how do you do that slash? Now, here's the thing. How did you ever figure that out? And why do they make it so damn difficult? I mean, this is supposed right to now. be a tool so for archaic. writers. We're not... Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. But anyway, and so that's what it is. Like it's a, it, it really is kind of wandering around in the wilderness. And, you know, once you've written a good story, and I think you have to do, you know, going to conferences and educating yourself so you can write a good story, that really is just the first step. How do you get people to see it? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I definitely think you're, you're, um, you're filling a, a niche there. And then, you know, like you said, it's not the parties because I've been to a couple of RWA, RWA conferences and it's a different vibe. So it sounds like it's a, a little bit of a different vibe. Um, and so do you, and are, RWA do you used about to be really heavy trad traditional. Um, mm -hmm. I don't think it's that way anymore. I think it's transitioned, but I know the first couple of RWAs I attended were not, we're, we're geared towards traditional traditional publishing. Um, we are we are geared towards self publishing. Um, right. I think ErskCon. Right. Well, that's great. So, is that taking up a lot of your time, um, and is that taking away from your writing time, or do you have other? You said your sister oh works on the Oh my gosh, Bernadette. <laughs> my 
90% of my time actually is spent on binge books. So talk, so I'm a huge Goodreads advocate. Um, I'm trying to build, if, if you built Goodreads from scratch, that's, that's what we have done with binge books. I have a team, we have over 120 authors on the team that got together almost two years ago and said we want to build um, a reader community that um, where authors and readers can interact in friendly ways <laughs> um, that's not toxic, but also is just a, it's just a more modern um, place where you can find books, recommend books, at, create reading lists and things like that. So that's binge books. Um, and we just launched um, two, three months ago probably. Um, so I spend 90% of my days, my writing is sadly third on the list right now. Um, but we, I spend majority of time with binge books, um, and we're still in soft launch. But I hope that one day that that to be doing webinars on binge books, um, so uh, and and to make it um, the place that I always hoped Goodreads would become. Um, but I think Goodreads is just too big of a monster built on an on an on an older. I think it's too big to redo. The only reason I yeah. think that Amazon hasn't come in and just completely modernized it. Right, right. Yeah, no, it's 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 kind of random. And you even like, I'll, I'll sometimes look at people like if they, you know, add my book, I still get very excited. But I'll go on, I was like, oh, great, mm-hmm. somebody added my book. And I'll look and they have like three friends. I'm like, oh, yeah. so, okay, those three people know that you added it, but, you know, whatever. Now, I'm sorry, this binge books, now, that, is that live now? Can people access it yet or it's still being developed? No, it's live now. No, it's live now. Oh, okay. um, and we just opened it to all authors. Um, so when we originally launched, we had all the traditional books and um, our founding authors' books, um, and we were building the infrastructure. But now any author can go and create an account, and we'll bring in their books, and um, they can create reading clubs, or you know, readers can build book lists and add books to their shelves, and um, and it's great. And the really exciting stuff is what's coming. I can't talk about it, but it's what's coming in four to six months. And we also um, have an artificial intelligence called Marlowe. And she, um, she is um, a fiction-loving artificial intelligence. So when we integrate, in, integrate her into the site, it's going to mean massive book discovery for indies and for, and for traditional authors, really any any author will be able to find a book based on the content of the book and not the metadata or the marketing money behind it. So we're really excited about that. And that's four to six months out, I would say. Well, uh, as soon as I get off this, um, this podcast, I think that's the first thing I'm going to do is find binge books and, and add myself there because you, like I said, I was really inspired. Um, I had a week off. Well, I mean, I had still had to entertain my daughter, but, um, and, in the sun a little bit but I did a lot of you know I, I didn't feel like reading you know fiction and I really am like I'm in between books right now so I did a little work on the book that's coming up but I really wanted to spend the time like trying to educate myself like get to the next level and so like I said that's how I stumbled upon your uh, video and I you know it, it was just very very even just how to upload things on Goodreads and kind of encouraging me to re-engage with Goodreads that's why I started that that giveaway you know, I was like, all right, I can do this. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was great. I heard and, that um, on the, at the beginning. I was like, oh, I'm going to have to check this out. I love this. 
Yeah, no, I, I you really you really inspired me, and like I said, reading um, the the right true that also inspired me. Um, it, and it it also makes you feel good reading that book. And again, it's a book about Jennifer's experiences. But somebody who you think is like a big author, a successful author, you see that they have a lot of the same tr- struggles that you do. Um, and so I, I, you know, and again, it's, I think one of the things that's now become my favorite word is pivot, right? She, she said, you have to be flexible, you have to pivot. Yeah. So, so um, that's what I hear a lot of my clients. Yeah. I don't, if you've ever heard her speak, or if you ever get a chance to hear her speak, she's just the most vivacious, interesting, just lovable person. She's really just a beautiful person. Um, and her, I liked Right True, but Right Naked, which is her first book, is really fantastic. So if you enjoyed Right True, I would check out Right Naked. Um, that was yeah, the no, first I read, nonfiction I read that book. One. Yeah, oh, you I already did. One. There you go. <laughs> um, I, I, I read it because I went to, um, it was probably about two or three years ago, a live event when people got to have live events. Remember those? Um, yeah. Right. And I actually, it's funny. I was sitting and I, I, chat, I had a chance to chat with her. We're talking about our kids. We didn't talk about like writing, but boys who are around the age of my daughter. So yeah, no, she's a lovely person. And, and like I said, um, really, I enjoyed, I, I think I'm going to check out Write Naked again. Cause it's been a couple of years since I, I read it. But um, so all of this was really inspiring me. So you inspired me with my Goodreads, absolutely. Um, and, you know, and it's just, and now just hearing your story has been so inspiring. And to see um, a self-published author, because I actually started with um, Lyrical Press. And when they got merged with Kensington, I was with them for a while, but that's when self-publishing happened. So I was like, oh, wait, I think I can do this better, which maybe it was a mistake when it wasn't. So I got my rights back and I've been self-publishing um, and I've been thinking, you know, do I want to maybe try and see if I can um, go with a publisher again? So I have a book that I wrote. Um, it's called A Safe Distance about the pandemic. It's women's fiction. And I'm tr- still trying to decide what I want to do with it, um, where I want to place it. But if I don't hurry up, this pandemic's going to be over. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so I got to figure it out. My husband's like, what are you doing with that book? I was like, oh, I don't know. But, um, <laughs> but um you know, but it, there's so much, you know, there, it, I love the control. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know if I'm yeah. after, you know, I, I'm a I've control freak. I, I have like. slowly discovered. Yeah. 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 And it's, you know, it's, I would be fine with covers and things like that. I'm not controlled about that, but I'm a control about my story and I write kind of quirky stuff mm-hmm. and I don't know if I want it to, to water it down. You know what I mean? So um, anyway, <laughs> we'll see what happens with that but I I just like I said I'm so happy that I I ran in um I discovered you that's why I reached out to you I said this is someone I absolutely have to have on the show so and I was just so thrilled that we could get this time to to work out so um like I said you've had a really very inspiring story for me and I think for others listening so maybe before we um head off maybe you could just um Again, tell people where they can find you online and, and some of the other um, the binge the, um, books that you mentioned, just so everyone is up to date. Absolutely. So if you're interested in my books, um, alessandratory.com is my website. And I, would, um, I did a horrible job picking my pen name because you can spell Alessandra four different ways. Um, but it's <laughs> A-L-E-S-S, um, alessandratory.com. And if you're interested in my resources for authors, alessandratory, Inc., I-N-K.com is um, my site for authors. And there you can see information about Inkers Con or anything um, 
that I have. And then if you're a reader listening or an author, we'd love you to check out Binge Books. You can um, create a profile as either. And um, bingebooks.com is um, our our site for um, for readers and authors to connect. Well, again, uh, Sandra, thank you so much for joining. I will definitely stay in touch and um, we'll probably be one of those people sending you questions. And I really want to check out this, the Inkers. So it's virtual this year, but next year, well, when everything goes back, regular life comes back, do you think you'll do in-person again? Yes. We've already booked dates at the hotel for in-person. Um, so with what we did the first year and what we will return to is we do the live conference in June, and then one, and we record everything with, our, with like, videographer teams um, professional filming, and then one month later, the digital conference releases, and the live attendees can attend. The, they get a free ticket, or they get a ticket also to the digital, um, so they can watch any classes that they missed at the live conference, or just rewatch everything. And then that digital access is for three years, so anyone can um, can watch it at their leisure or rewatch it um, for three years. That's great. And, and, and the live version you said is in Dallas? Yep, it's in Dallas. Oh, and great. it's going to be June like 3rd through 5th of 2022. Oh, fantastic. Well, I've never been to Dallas, so that might be a good excuse to get there. So anyway, well, much success, Alessandra. And again, uh, please keep in touch. And I'd like to, um, if you have any more information about Book Binge, I, I like to put that in our Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books uh, Facebook fan page, so maybe so people can check that out Perfect. as well. So if you have any information, I'm more than happy to put that up. So again, thank you so much thank for joining. You. And then um, just want to again remind everyone um, my Spring into Spring Goodreads giveaway that Alessandra was my inspiration for is still um, ongoing May 1st, um, and you can get autographed copies of books or electronic copies of books and Amazon gift cards. And again, free copies of my women's fiction title. Johnny Be Good are available on my website, BernadetteWalsh.com. Thanks again for joining me. This is Bernadette Walsh, Nice Girls Reading Naughty Books, and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.